Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Rivers to Bach Book Club. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm joined by my co-host, Josh. Well, hello there, gunslinger. <laughs> hello, hello, Cy. Good to meet, hello, good to meet you. Uh, yeah, we're back with Wizard and Glass, which is uh, book four in the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. And we're on part three, or part two. Part two. Yep, part two. So... Um, I guess we'll just start with like initial parts. Of this this is like a complete one eighty from the the first part of the book because the first part of the book is like the present time, all about you know dealing with Blaine, solving the riddle game, which we covered in the re the recent episode. But this part, like, there's nothing about that. We go we go all the way to the back, which we knew we were gonna probably have like a flashback. I just didn't know. I didn't think it would be the entire portion which i loved it though oh, it was really? awesome yeah no i didn't i didn't i thought it was just like okay we're gonna flash back talk about his love interest for a little bit come back go go back you know like back and forth but no we just like had a whole section about susan yeah especially susan but, um but yeah no it's it really cool i i felt like it was just a completely different world i mean like obviously they're still in mid-world in either sense, in the present or in the past. But, like, I feel like this was a different angle of mid-world. Because we didn't... Almost definitely. So, it was really cool. But, yeah, I'll let you uh, talk about it, too, before we get into it. It was... Uh, to me, it's like I, I assumed all of Part 2 was going to be uh, the flashback, since they're building up to it. Mm -hmm. And we got part of Roland's backstory in the previous books, but... But in this one, we really get to deep dive into a specific event in his life that eventually were like the seedlings of who he'd become and who what those seeds would grow into. So as a uh, and part two is is called Susan. So I <laughs> so I just assumed the whole thing was gonna be about it. But uh, yeah, it was it was great. I mean, the one thing about part two is that. It, it doesn't finish the story. It's like the halfway mark. Yeah, so, yeah, we're we're left with a little bit of a cliffhanger. So we'll have. I'm yeah. sure we'll have. We'll both have predictions when we get to the end of this that we can talk about. But yeah, so we can get right into yeah. it. And, uh, so and then start talk about stuff. Yeah, definitely. So the first scene is we get introduced to Rio the witch. Uh, she, we don't know how old she is. It's implied that she's been, you know, around for a really long time, and she's in possession of a powerful object called the Wizard's Glass. I believe it's called the Wizard's Glass, and it, it's effectively like a, you know, a witch crystal, you know, ball, where she can yeah. see what people are doing sometimes in it, and she can sometimes like foresee things that are going to happen with it. So it's just like a powerful object that she's kind of obsessed with, um, that she is looks into before and then we get introduced to susan who is the primary love interest of roland and she's going to ria's hut up on the hill to basically get this test done by ria that only apparently ria can do she brings some gold with her and is like okay do the test for um making sure you know i'm pure i don't have any demons in me i'm a virgin stuff like that and it gets into the more of the details of like she made an arrangement, you know, with the mayor of the town where she basically becomes his mistress and bears an heir to him, right? Like bears a son. 
And in exchange, she gets to own some land. She gets some horses. Her aunt Cordelia gets to live on the land too. So stuff like that, like pretty medieval type arrangement. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the gist of this this part of it. Yeah. So I'll let you I'll let you kind of get into it. <clears throat> so there's well, the first scene that really sticks out to me is in the beginning when you have the witch uh, going around about her day and going cat keeps getting in the way. It's like class. It's like I love it because it's like classic witch uh, with the knowing comedy cat that you'd see from any like Disney Channel movie, but it's in a Stephen King book. <laughs> so it's uh, I enjoy I enjoyed the banter between like the cat and, and the witch, and then uh, after that, you know, the witch like thinks she she sees she basically sees Roland. But she doesn't know, you know who it is, and she's like, "Oh, I thought that was a gunslinger. I don't know, just some, just some preppy boy." Yeah, too young. And then, yeah, too young. And then she, and then this is a classic Stephen King. She, she, she gets in heat thinking about the young girl she gets to fondle, and and then she just masturbates right there. Yeah, which is <laughs> a classic Stephen theme classic in this Stephen series. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of that stuff. <laughs> it's like now. Thanks to Stephen King, I'm at work listening to the audible version of this, right? And just I'm just listening to Stephen King describe this old woman uh, getting off. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thank you, Stephen yeah, King. Appreciate it. Thanks, thank you. And uh, it just I got I got PTSD flashback from uh, chapter 46 of The Stand. Uh, if you know, you know. If you don't, then read the Stand. It's an amazing book. One of my favorite books of all time. But anyway, so, yeah. That happens with the witch. Uh, Susan, she starts hearing her hum a tune. I forget exactly what the tune was called. Uh, you know, just some world building there that I don't remember every single little thing. But she's humming a tune, and it, like the witch is just like, damn, she got here early. I'll make her pay for doing that. They're sneaking up on me, right? You hear? So, so Susan comes in. Uh, you know, they have a little back and forth. They're not really too getting old. We obviously, we find out Susan's sixteen years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, her father's dead, and she's doing this to get her uh, to get the, the like you said, the land and the horses. But they pre- she previously owned all that. Yeah, her father. Did. Yep. But after he died, they couldn't afford it got taken away and so this is the only way like her aunt is like okay you do this we get a lot of gold and we can buy our shit there uh and so it's definitely heavily applied that you know that 16 year old she is indeed a virgin and she's not comfortable with anything lewd and you know it's to be expected you know so she's very uncomfortable with this witch it's it's a like the witch when she was telling her to like get naked so she can do the exam. She was like cracking the witch was cracking up because she had to tell her like three to five five different times to be like take off more clothes you you squint cunt. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so it's like so. Uh, so I think Stephen King does a very good job at showing it's like this is what an old cranky witch bitch would be like, and this is what a very prude 16 year old girl would probably be like as well and how they would act. And, uh, it goes into the witch, like touching her, not like 
real sexual vibe, you know, just doing little exam and then and then she like Susan feels like this uh I don't know how to really describe it. It's like as like a light, not really like a light, but maybe like a warm spot rise to her belly. And then she's told to wait three months before doing the deed and burying this guy's uh thorned child. And Susan's like, Oh thank God. Like the longer I don't have to do like the longer I have to wait the better. Yes. Uh so the yeah, so they, they snap at each other back and forth throughout this whole uh talking and then and then they like settle down for a bit while the exam goes, but then it picks back up again. So you already have this feeling that whatever's gonna happen at the end of the story is not gonna be good because anything that has to do with like an actual evil witch <laughs> and, a, and especially in a Stephen King book yep. is not going to be good. Yep. So it's setting it's setting all the ground for for something bad to happen to Susan. We don't know exactly, but we can infer that it's most likely going to be like the witch wanting to to either take the youth from her and make her young again, or or take over her body and like they switch bodies or something. That's the only things I could think of is because the whole time you just have this old witch being jealous of this girl's youth. So, and you know, that's the first thing I, I come. Yeah. Which, what do you think? Yeah. When I was, when she, so yeah, obviously she does the exam. I liked, I liked the contrast between like Stephen King mentioned it many, many times to really draw the line of like, you know, Susan's young and very attractive and, and everything. And the witch is just absolutely disgusting. Like everything, head to toe, just nasty. <laughs> Teeth, breath, smelly, smelly, smelly. Yeah, just disgusting. <laughs> and she kind of, she kind of molests Susan. I mean, she does the exam, like yeah. the physical, but she like <laughs> sticks her finger in and everywhere, and like even like kind of fingers her a little bit without asking. So it's just kind of like a little bit of a <laughs> yeah, a little. Yeah, the witch is just, just a little bit. The of witch sucks. Molestation. Yeah, the witch sucks. But yeah. we, we all knew that was going to happen in a Stephen King book. But yeah. Uh, the, oh, yeah. Anyway, you have a witch in a, in a Stephen King book doing a uh, physical yeah. for young, attractive girl. So it's like, what, you, what the fuck you think is going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> for real. Like, really? <laughs> um <laughs> for real but yeah when uh so she puts susan in a trance which isn't part of the exam you know she just is like like you said spiteful of her youth spiteful of like her, of this young girl in general so she thinks she can play like a prank we don't know what it is but she puts her in a trance and then it kind of cuts to the next like section of the books uh but we don't know what the what she did initially to Susan. We find out later, obviously. But when when she did that, I thought she was just gonna kill herself. Like I thought, you know, she's gonna lose her virginity to the to the mayor, and then just like kill herself mm. or kill the mayor. Yeah. I I thought like one of the two. Just just being Stephen King, I'm like, he'd probably have her like go to the mirror, smash the mirror, and like slit her own throat or something. But. Yeah. Brad <laughs> well, you you have to get that reference. Stephen King. Uh, what did you say? Shine the shine. Oh no, yeah, I haven't seen the shine. <laughs> Bro, what? No, I haven't seen the shine. You fucking kid. have no. you read the book? No. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you're not gonna get the. Re- <laughs> it, it's 
God damn it. It's murder spelled backwards. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's a Stephen King reference. Right. Yeah. Watch. God damn it. <laughs> Just, One day. All right. All right continue. One day. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that, that's pretty much all I had for that. Um, and then, yeah, she puts her in the trance and then, um, it cuts the kind of the next part. But if you have any, yeah. if you have anything else you wanted to kind of touch on before you move on. Um, uh, no, really. I mean, the, the biggest thing I want to take away from this first section is to just compare. It's just to show how pretty she is, the young girl, mm-hmm. Susan, mm-hmm. is to show how witchy the witch <laughs> is. Uh, what's the, the witch's name? Rhea? Rhea? Rhea, yep. Or, yeah, so it's just to show that and to set up this uh, next part. I'll let you take take that away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, and I guess I should, as I get into this next part, because I'm going to talk about Susan's thoughts, like, after it, but during the exam and, like, when they're talking and stuff, Rhea's like, oh, you know, you think Thorin is only going to, you know, have sex with you a few times just until you're pregnant. No, like, he's going to keep doing it, you know? Like, he's going to, he just wants to have sex with, like, a young girl. And obviously she's 16. She's, like, doesn't think about that necessarily. She's fairly innocent and, um probably was coerced into the agreement which she kind of starts to think about as well so like after the exam she's thinking about okay like like what did i get myself into like if i have to have sex with and the guy that the mayor is described as i think he's like 65 he's you know gray-haired skinny guy kind of goofy like you can smell the tobacco yeah it kind of smells like shit just like just like a really old guy (laughs) who probably shouldn't be you know yeah like wanting to have sex with a 16 year old near yeah anywhere near well in in this world like they don't have that 18 year old no the world moved on so to them (laughs) it's like if you're ready you're ready oh yeah i mean old medieval oh yeah no and i mean it's definitely like a medieval society type arrangement so you know i mean Roland, Roland paid for a prostitute at like 14. 14 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just the world, the world he lives in has moved on. No one gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I think, and I'm looking at the notes here. Yeah. Susan also kind of mentions like, you know, her aunt, which we're going to introduce here, Cordelia kind of uh coerced her into the agreement you know cordelia like worked on her for a long time being like oh we need to do this arrangement like we need to get our stuff back you have to do this you need to do this like do it for your like shit like that and you know she's like a 16 year old girl very impressionable so a little bit of coercion going on to get her to agree to that arrangement but now she's kind of thinking about it more and she's like man this is the worst like why yeah why did my aunt like put me in this position why am i in this position like she would mention how the aunt would be all teary eyed, yep, such and and like come at her, uh, being like, "Oh, we need to do this to survive." Like, mm-hmm. but then once she made the agreement, her aunt became like a total bitch. Exactly who, who she was beforehand. Like she never liked liked her aunt. But it wasn't until like her father died and all this stuff happened. Exactly, she started acting like that, and then once she got her way and got Susan to agree to the childbearing that she became a bitch again and Su- susan um uh, oh yeah so the part 
I wanted to touch on again was when you mentioned that the witch was like, hey, he's not just gonna want to do it all the time. Like, he's gonna want to do it all the time. You're you're not there to really bear this. You're there for him to have something hotter today. Exactly. Basically. Yep. Exactly. So so it's like that's like when she she's like begins to start coming to a realization that she's now in this for life. Like she thought it was just gonna be a one off thing, uh, have the baby move on. Oh no, that's not, that's not what's going to, that's not what's going to happen. No. So it's like, that's not what everyone else is thinking. Nope. And that's, that's why I think she agreed to it at first because she's like, okay, it's less than a year of my life. Get it over with and move on and we'll have, we'll be rich and have our property back in horses. But since she's young and naive, mm-hmm. she doesn't think about what she's really getting into. Yeah, and you feel bad for her because it's mentioned throughout this, but, like, how much she loves horses and, like, part of it, the agreement is, like, she wants her horses back and stuff like that. She's a clearly a horse girl, um, <laughs> except she's attractive instead of being ugly like most horse girls. I'm just joking. I'm joking. Yeah. Complete joke. And and if if you think her being 16 is, is creepy and you don't, you don't like it, just... Picture her as 18 instead. Yeah. Use your imagination. It's a book. Yeah. It, uh, it definitely it, gets more graphic as we go on here. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah. So, if that, if, that does, if that does bother you, just think of her as older. And, yeah. and think of this. If they come out, like, I know we already know there's a TV, TV series being made five seasons of The Dark Tower. Yeah. They'll probably age her up for the show. I would think they'd make her at least, like, 18. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Like, they pro- just, just for... for modern social stuff. yeah just to make it a little less because cringe yeah yeah, yeah they're they're not they're not gonna sh- they're not gonna have a 16 year old no dry humped by a 60 oh my god yeah when we get to no, that scene not jesus gonna, christ yeah. <laughs> yeah they're not gonna do that so yeah. if you if you want to think of her as older go ahead roland's still 15 years old so that'll yeah. that'll not change because <laughs> he's a man no i'm just kidding all right all right so uh she leaves the hut the witch hut she's walking back home um she's a little bit nervous because she doesn't want to run into the coffin hunters so the coffin hunters are these three uh guys they're described as you know not of best character they're probably they're probably (laughs) thieves slash like murderers in most of their lives and uh they're new bodyguards for the mayor so like the mayor used to not really have any kind of bodyguards in fact i think they mentioned that he was against it but very recently he hired these bodyguards uh at the advice of somebody close in his council so these three coffin hunters and they're kind of creepy she mentions how they're creepy towards her too like the way they look at her and stuff so she tries to avoid them um and she's walking back home and she hears like a a a rider like somebody on a horse walking or coming and she thinks it's one of the coffin hunters so she gets kind of scared but it ends up being uh will dearborn which is the fake name of roland the young version obviously i think he's i think he's 15 at this point yeah yeah so he's a year younger than her um and you know they talk or yeah you say he's 14. no well, i don't remember 15 14 yeah something like that he's i know he's younger than her 
And um, so they, they kind of talk for a little bit, have a little bit of banter. You know, this is like their first interactions. A little bit of like, I don't know. I, I, I get a lot of like Romeo and Juliet vibes from this story. Except Stephen King's fucked up version of it, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> just because they're both really young, and even like as we talk about this more, they don't really know each other that well, and they you know say a lot of things that are very serious when they don't. It's very like young love type thing, which uh, yeah is similar to Romeo and Juliet, where they barely know each other as well. Um, but mm. yeah, so yeah, they talk, and you know, Roland slash will tries to you know get her to to ride his horse and he'd like accompany her you know back to her where she was going and and everything and they have like a little back and forth she's like no i'm not gonna do that and then you know he's like come on just do it she's like all right and she does it and then yeah it's pretty good yep and then they have a little kiss by moonlight and then uh she goes home but i'll let you kind of elaborate oh so like in the in the beginning, you know, when she's leaving the witch's place, she's like, Okay, on my way here, I saw those three goons and uh she's creeped out by them because they're drunk a lot and they give her these elevator eyes and they're very creepy and she thinks like they seem violent. Like she hasn't like seen them do anything violent, but they give off that vibe. So they saw she saw them in the woods earlier, so she's like, I don't wanna like get caught by these guys so because they'll she thinks that they'll rape her Mm -hmm. uh so she's trying to hurry up and get out of the forest or wherever the hell she is uh and uh, she runs into william uh dearborn who at first i was debating was roland or not true because because we don't know it's roland until like the next chapter but you can infer that it's Roland because it's like Roland's telling his, you know, Jake, Susanna, and Eddie this story. So if this wasn't him, why would why would he start a story off with showing like the male guy and not not be him? So it's like you can just context clues can kind of just be like, okay, that's that's Roland. But at first you don't know because it's William Dearborn. Right. But as it goes on, you're and he tells his story, and it's like, okay, he's definitely lying because he's a gunslinger. His father wanted to get him out of trouble. They brought his friends, made up some bullshit excuse, and you know, of uh, counting sheep and or cows. And yeah, like the most mundane job. Yeah, basically, and it's just to get them out of trouble, which, which you know, is just to get them out of the way because Roland's father doesn't think he's like you might be a gunslinger, but you're not you're not a gunslayer he's like you know he doesn't have the experience yeah you need the wisdom that a real that a real yeah you need the wisdom too so so yeah he so this whole time this this interaction between them is pretty good i feel like this way like i was gonna ask you is like did you feel their relationship like how they started off pretty kind of like accurate to like a first type of love scenario where it's like they're so immature and they don't about like their feelings or they have lack of experience kind of just leads them to fall in love quicker because it's like their first time experiencing something like this oh absolutely definitely i think it's a pretty i think it's fairly accurate depiction of, of yeah like being that age and and being you know in love with someone yeah sure. i've never been in love so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so just, but uh tears 
so tears. <laughs> but uh, so so then it's like the romance back and forth was was pretty good. Like I I enjoyed it because then you have like she she comments how she's like oh I, I want to get on the horse but I don't want to get on it. But if you if you watch me. They'll like see my underwear and shit as I get off the dress. You got to put the legs over, but I'm gonna sit in a way where you can't. And she's like, was watching him as she did it, and he didn't look. He stuck to his word, back to the horse. Uh, didn't look at all. And she's like, oh, huh, that's that's weird. Usually guys are trying to check me out, or or they get flustered, or right. they do all this shit around me. Yep. And he doesn't do any of that because Roland's in. Gunslinger. He doesn't give a shit about love, you know. Really <laughs> awesome. Literally, like a few sentences later. So, so they're they're talking. She's like, "I'm not much up for talking." So he's like, "Fine." And you know, you don't want to talk. That's cool. And then she's like, "Wow, usually, usually guys won't shut the fuck up." He he's not talking. And she's like, "Hmm. Well, now I kind of want him to talk." Like I got five sisters and shit. So it's like when that when she said that, I was like, "Dude, that's such." so fucking true such a girl <laughs> I, was, I was like i thought it was really funny and uh and so eventually you know they start talking more and she's like she's like oh, shit this is um, it's like, why did i have to fall in love why did i have to start liking him now it's like i couldn't have found it because this couldn't have happened like a week ago <laughs> you know so, yeah it's exactly uh, yeah and so she's like as as they're getting to the they talk so there is a little bit of lore here with the machines and the factories they're passing run down with the oil factories and like they know uh they don't know how they work for a long time and they can't i don't think they remember they don't say how long it's been out of use i think they say maybe like a century or two or something like that so it's been a long time yeah, no one knows how to use the shit anymore. And so they kind of just find what they can and hoard it uh, and use it sparingly. Uh, but basically, like they even say, the world moved on. And a, a lot of these old things, no one knows how to use anymore. So we do get some lore because looking from like at this part of Roland's a kid to the present day, it's like, holy shit. Like shit went bad and like, 30 years or so. I don't know how long. We're not given a time because time moves differently in mid midworld, especially now that it's moving on. So you get that little bit of lore. She's interested in what he has to say, so they keep talking more. And they, they flirt a little bit. Uh, she gets off the horse when they get to the spot, and she's like, she's like, asking him why he's here and obviously there's who the mayor and all that so she's like when you see me don't pretend you don't know me please and like it's our first time meeting he's like okay and then she kisses him <laughs> and this is where because she kisses him because she thinks that she's like okay it's over oh, this will be the last thing like this is my decision you know I'll never have something like this because now I'm going to be stuck fucking an old that old person <laughs> the rest till he's dead. Right. So she's so she's like I'll never be happier than something like this. So so I'm just going to do it. Fuck it. Uh, but by doing that, 
Roland, because when Roland later talks about when he left the prostitute, prostitute wouldn't kiss him. And now he knows why, because he's just like, because it's not the, like the love making part got him like emotionally. It was the intimate of, of joining the lips that made that connection. So obviously the prostitute was avoiding that. And Roland's now getting a realization the difference between just fucking to fuck and being like infatuated, infatuated with somebody on a deeper level. So it was, it's an interesting context for me. So yeah, that's, that's really about it. And she leaves and Roland, we still don't know it's Roland, but you probably, I mean, if you, if you got the context clues, you're probably knowing this room. This room. So that's it for that for that little sex section. Yeah, no, I think you did. You covered it pretty well there. I th- it's important to note as well. I forgot to notice note this as I'm looking through the notes here. Um, you mentioned like the steel structures they pass by when they're writing, uh, and they're talking about the the oil not pumping. That's going to be significant. So yeah, it's good to yes. to uh, definitely foreshadow. Yeah, it's foreshadowing it for sure. Yeah, Stephen King does a good job at setting up basically everything you need to know he sets up the the like who susan is what her motivations are roll roland's thoughts and ideas about like his whole intimacy problem with his mom and and like his love life and his parents the, the witches the conflict with the witch and the the lore conflict with this oil is all a perfect setup that gets expanded on as we continue to clear the story. Yep. Yep. But uh, before we move on, what did, what did you? What are your thoughts on Kiss? Yeah. That she gave him. Yeah, I uh, I thought it was good. I um, I was surprised that it happened, but uh, it like you said, I feel like it was one of those moments where she. She was in a deep contemplative state about like how she doesn't have a lot of control over her life at this point. And even honestly, like, cause like the, the figures in her life who should be protecting her or who should be like mentoring her in like a good way, her aunt, obviously, Aunt Cordelia, and even the mayor to a certain extent should be, if you're like the mayor of a small town, which this town is fairly small, I mean, you shouldn't be trying to like, <laughs> bang 16 year olds i don't know i think you should be, be like a father figure to her instead of just trying to fuck her i guess i don't know so you have you have several examples of like people older people failing to to yeah give her good give her good options and uh yeah. this was an option that she could make like this is a choice she could make like you were saying so that's kind of what i got from it as well like all right she's making the choice to to begin this and i i believe they do talk about as well like he he being sent away by his dad and like oh she's like oh you're a bad boy because you know you got sent away and you're kind of in exile (laughs) and then she's like okay if i see you again you know at mayor's house you know please pretend you don't remember me um and he agrees so And he, d- he doesn't know, Roland doesn't know why she won't. Right, yeah, him. he doesn't know anything about so. the arrangement yet. So, 
that's that's all I had for that little part. Yeah. All right. We can kind of move on here and look at the notes. So Roland, uh, he spends two hours afterwards just riding around what they call the drop. Um, and uh, just another thing to note here, a little bit more foreshadowing, he sees tons of horses, like gatherings of horses. That becomes a little bit more important as it goes on. Um, so he heads back to the hollow where he's made camp with his two friends, and he gets scared because he sees a skull. Um, it's a rook's skull, which I, I guess it's a bird, I think, is what they kind of describe yeah. it. Yeah, it's like a bird skull. Yeah, it's a, it's a bird skull. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's his friend... Keith Burt, I guess just, we can just call him Burt, which his fake name is Arthur <laughs> Keith. But Burt um, carries this skull around just to, like freak people out, just because Burt is kind of similar to Eddie, which I know Roland in the present time even describes Eddie as like similar to Burt, where they're just like humor is their primary mechanism of communication. You know, like they just fuck, they just fuck around a lot. So. Um, he didn't. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> he just carries a skull around and puts it like a, a. I think he has it on the pommel of his saddle, but he'll like carry it around and put it on other places too. But what yeah, um, a dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then he has another friend. Uh, the voice, the narrator from our audiobook pronounces it Elen, but now I'm seeing it like written. I don't know if it's Elaine or maybe Elen. I don't know, but I guess I'll just call him like Alan. But. His fake yeah, name, Alan yeah, Alan. His fake name is Richard Stockworth. Um, but yeah, this is when we get introduced to like his friends from the past. He's talked about them before in this series, especially Bert. But this is when we like get our first interaction with them, um, which I really like this part just because uh, this whole section in general just makes Roland a little bit more human, um, mm -hmm. in my opinion, just because like in the canonical part of the, the present moment of the series, he's just kind of like a relentless about the Dark Tower, and he's kind of one-dimensional a little bit with that. But it's cool to yeah. see him with his friends in the past. Um, I know they talk about John Farson, who kind of he kind of seems like a Robin Hood gone bad or something like that. I don't know how you perceived it. Um, like, yeah, go ahead. I don't, I don't really quite remember. Yeah, like, I know the other, uh, his other two John friends Carson don't really Bush. care about it. And I think it's kind of just the backdrop of what's happening in, uh, in Midworld in general is like this insurrections and stuff going on. With oh, wars. okay. Yeah. Yeah, now, now I remember. Okay, so it's like the war Roland's father's fighting. Exactly. And that, uh, yeah, it's like. Yeah, the gunslingers versus just some other part of midworld. Mm -hmm. That's just, and it's just you know, it's just classic power hungry men trying to gain territory. You know, gain more power. Gunslingers, you know, the sheriffs of of this world, kind of. So, you know, Ex they're there. They're like the Jedi. You know, so they're like trying to stop it. So they they picked a side. Uh, they're fighting. That's why, since Roland was a gunslinger, now his dad sent him away. Exactly. So he wouldn't be dragged into it. Exactly. So, obviously, we see that part of the reason, of, yeah, like why the dad sent sent Roland away is is this John Farson guy and the war going on. Um, let's see what else we got here in the notes. So he does contrast. Um, 
Susan, who kissed him, obviously, like when they first met, to the prostitute that he, you know, paid for when he was, I believe, 14, who wouldn't kiss him at all, right? It was just like a transaction, which kind of, you know, will foreshadow a little bit of like similar to, you know, the situation that Susan is in, who's that Susan's going to be in. But I, I just wanted to point out that kind of contrast, but I'll let you take it away. Yeah. So I think for me, the, the most important parts of this section was Roland started thinking about Susan more and he was like, Oh, that was weird. I think I like her. You know, then it just <laughs> continues and gets to, gets to his friends, you know, uh, Uthbert, Uthbert. Yeah. That's a, that's a word to say. And, uh, Richard. And so, you know, as we, as we all know, uh, Uthbert is, has been compared to Eddie. Uh, pretty similar funny characters, you know, the comedic relief, like uh, he keeper Bert, yeah, Bert takes it, takes it serious sometimes when he needs to, but he's still throwing jokes in there, even even in the serious moments. Uh, and then Alan was Alan, not Richard, but whatever. Alan, his other friend, is kind of like I wouldn't really, I'd say he's probably most similar to Jake, but he's more mature than Jake. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, cause they're both like that intellectual type person who's like, you know, just, just the smarter one basically. Uh, but he doesn't have like, he doesn't like to charge like Roland does like Roland is not the smartest, but, uh, he's the most like his will to move forward is stronger than the rest so he can he like he takes the lead right uh so and then alan's just like you know smart guy who is a little quieter but can analyze stuff better than both of them and cuthbert is the comic relief uh yeah basically that's <laughs> just it's the comic relief and so their whole reactions i love it because like I, I love the companions in the in the main story, and seeing finally seeing how Roland's old crew was, yeah, is great because he's been talking about them for books now. Books, he's always talking about them. So, never mentions them, and they, you know, obviously Stephen King does a good job at character work, so they all feel natural, and they're and they're they've camped on the same spot. That Susan, Susan's land that she wants to get. So that's that's interesting. In and of itself, it's a just a big coincidence. So yeah. And then yeah, they talk about the war, and we they don't talk much about the war. So that's just another bit of lore kind of thrown in there, just to make the world feel bigger than it is. So you know other stuff is going on. Or it's not just isolated to this one little spot. Yeah. So, like, the stuff that would happen over and across the world would affect this part of the world and vice versa. So, yeah, that's pretty much pretty much what I got. Yeah. Oh, definitely. All right. Well, we can kind of move on here. So, um, during that time, Susan, you know, she goes back to 
her house where Aunt Cordelia is there, which is her caretaker, like we mentioned after her dad died. Uh, you know, Aunt Cordelia just asks her some questions, you know, like, what did she do? Did it hurt? And stuff like that. And, like, uh, she finds out Susan isn't allowed to have sex with the mayor until the reaping fair, which I think was, what was it, three months away? Yeah, yeah three about three months, months away. Was it, what, what was the moon? Was it blood? No, it wasn't, like, blood moon. Something, yeah. Not a blood moon, but something, something like, like that. that. I just remember the fair, like, she can't do it until the fair, which is, like, on that moon or whatever. So, yeah. Um, so obviously, Aunt Cordelia is not happy about that. We find out, you know, Aunt Cordelia is kind of, kind of greedy, and you know, has enjoyed the money that she's received, even just initially from this agreement. They're going to get a lot more, obviously, after the deed is complete. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she's not happy about that because she has to wait another three months for more money. Susan, you know, enjoys that Cordelia is pissed off about that, and uh, she goes, yeah. <laughs> you know. Obviously, Aunt Cordelia is not a great person, but yeah, obviously. Yeah, so, so Susan yeah. goes to bed, and you know she's still kept up by thinking about Will, um, and thinking about you know the unwanted touching from Rhea earlier. Um, so mm-hmm. she does, she does masturbate in this scene, I think, and then Ooh. goes to sleep. What? <laughs> yeah, um, but but she does. She thinks of Roland. The whole she time. thinks of Roland slash or William. Will. Yeah, not Rhea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. It does just. Oh, it's real, real quick. It's just pretty funny that it's like you get just get two classic Stephen Kings within three chapters. <laughs> and you're just like <laughs> lots of <laughs> masturbation. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's like first we have we have a scene of Roland like fourteen jerking off on top of the building. <laughs> we have the witch fingering herself. Love it at the beginning of this, and then now you have a sixteen-year-old. He's a sixteen-year-old masturbating. Oh, it is. And I'm the whole time I'm just like, all right, Stephen King, you do you, bud. <laughs> it's not gonna <laughs> end here either. <laughs> oh no, it's it's continual. Yeah. You know what you're getting into of when course. you read these books. Alright, sorry. Oh, uh, no, you're good. I was I was just going to move on to another part. Um, do you have anything else you wanted to talk about before I kind of move on? That, not really. Like, these these kind of scenes with her and the ants going back and forth, like, it's just, yeah. you know, your, your generic, uh, you know, uh, conflict. It's like, you don't need to go into every single one. It's like the stepmom be... in, like, Cinderella or something, you know? Yeah. Like, she sucks. Yeah. It's the, ex- yeah, yeah, it's the... setting up the characters. Yeah, there there will be more to talk about them later on, but like for stuff like this, it's like there wasn't really a specific thing that stood out besides for all the masturbation. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll mention briefly right. here. So they also introduce, you know, the three coffin hunters we were talking about earlier. They're at the bar, um, just talking, and um, the leader is Jonas. And he talks about how um, he gave the crystal ball to Rhea for, like, safekeeping. So he was the one who actually gave it to Rhea, so now you have a kind of connection with the antagonist there where, like, the coffin hunters were doing something with Rhea. But um, but that's pretty much it for that that part of it, honestly. They're just at the, the tavern, and it's kind of just introducing their characters. They're obviously going to be, like, antagonists. Yeah, and if you're wondering what the tavern was, 
it's like if you've seen any cowboy movie ever, mm-hmm. it's just your basic saloon and I'm, I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just saying like why we're not going into huge detail or like going talking about the tavern because it's you know it's your basic uh saloon that you would anyone would think of you know you got your your uh, prostitutes yep your card games and your yep. alcohol your puke your yeah. dude's getting kicked out. And- Even a uh, Jonas, I think they described <laughs> me as like a long mustache. His longer hair, like kind of like a just a Western, old Western kind of mustache. Yeah, they're and aren't they like they're talking? They're talking about some sort of thing they don't want to do. And who who was the guy who was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go into a, I'm gonna be at the mayor's party." So while you guys go and do the stuff at these oil rigs. You know, for me. You remember his, his name? I can't remember. All? Yeah, I'm trying to look through the notes here. I can't remember though. Yeah, it it doesn't matter yeah. too much. It kind of just it kind of just starts with like there's a, there's something bigger going on here. Yes. Than just like because roll roll than just rolling and Suzanne's Susan's story. Yes, exactly. Because because if we think about if we really think about it, like so far Roland's story and Susan's story. Are basically like small little stories that that got introduced right off the bat, and now this is the build up, like the start, the introduction of the main, which well depends on. I guess the conflict, depending main sub conflict, would depend on what you think it is. But to me, when it comes to like the overall plot, uh, this is like the big thing. And Susan's and and Roland's kind of story is kind of like it's like a B plot. B plot played as the A plot, and the A plot in the story is the B plot. Yeah, no. does that make sense? No, definitely, definitely. Yeah. So now that I think of it in that way, that's actually pretty interesting. You have a love story built around a main plot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, that's that's all. That's all I have. Cool. Okay. All right. Let's see here. I'm looking through notes. So, yeah, two nights after that, um, after arriving in Mages, which the place is called Mages, by the way, uh, the town. So, Roland, Cuthbert, uh, Bert, and Alan go into town to uh part to go to the party at the mayor's house. So this is like their first introduction to him. Um, you know, it's a it's revealed Alan is kind of like an introvert. He doesn't really like social situations. Um, and Roland's going to have to be the leader, which, you know, makes sense because he's Roland. Um, and they meet, so they're, they're a little bit more, they're a little suspicious everyone. They, uh, get welcomed, but it's not like a great welcome. You know, a lot of, you know, it's kind of like the small town council, you know, meeting the city kids, you know, and, (laughs) There, that when the dad is like, oh, you're going into exile, like, we're going to send you to, like, mages, and is like, to them, it's like a shithole. So it's like, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, was this, so is, is this the part where they're, like, talking with the sheriff yep. for the first time, or is, oh, okay. yes, yep. I was like, I didn't know if you were going straight into the party. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they talk to the sheriff, and he's like, all right, give me, like, your identification, and he makes it, like, a big deal. And, you know, the, the gunslingers kind of 
catch on that he's just like giving him a hard time basically because he doesn't like them. Yeah. Um, jealous of their youth and such. jealous of their youth and like doesn't think they belong there. You know, they sh- because you know they're city boys and stuff like that. Um, let's see here. And I know that this there's another this is another part where they kind of start noticing more stuff with like the oil. They uh, I think Roland notices you know they have paper, a lot of paper, mm-hmm. and like in Midworld that's very rare. Like paper is like a rare expensive item at this point in Midworld, like at, as the world's moving on. So it's kind of weird that they have paper. So like more foreshadowing of like a greater situation happening, you know. They also had ice. They also had ice. That was yeah. That was the other part there. They had yeah. ice, which was they're like ice in midsummer. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is like, and they're from the city, obviously. So like the fact that like these small, the small town has it is very odd. Um, yeah, which in in of itself is you're just like okay, maybe they just they find found technology and stuff that hasn't been destroyed yet, and they. They just got lucky, but no, we also know that the circumstances from the previous, uh, the previous section with people in the tavern that something's, something's not as it seems. Right. So when they point all this stuff out, it really starts to make you think about what exactly is going on here and is it sinister or is it not? You know, because obviously they're not going to trust some young city boys coming in to check up on them from the guild right right away. Because, you know, no one likes it's like having like police officers or something come into your house without a warrant. You know, you're just going to be like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of like how they how they feel. Yes, no, for sure. But, uh, do you, so how, there was two letters they had, right? Yes. Uh, was I'm trying to remember. You, uh, I know one of the letters was, hey, but from the guild, this is what they're going to do. They're, they're there to count. Yeah, count resources. All the horse resources, you know, bring it back to us. We'll need your aid for the war. Uh, and then what was the, what was the other one? The other one was... I think it was that letter from his dad, right? You know, saying, I am a gunslinger. This is my son. Um, no, but they, they don't know Roland's a gunslinger or any of that. Well, I meant the saying the dad is a gunslinger, not the son. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so he's like, here, I'm a gunslinger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You squint, cunt. So, you squint, <laughs> you, you squint, cunt. I like... I like told that to my uh, to my friend at work, and he told me he's he's like he thought it was like a racist joke first because he was like he was like oh you might want to keep voice down because he he was thinking of like like a, it was an Asian oh story. yeah no and, for sure yeah no I could see it it's a <laughs> I did because you're Asian. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, I don't even think it's because of it. I feel like it's easy to, to imply that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I to think to be honest, I didn't even think of it because, like now, now when I hear 
Apocalypse went, I think, a little kid or like child. Yeah, because so, of the so they're, book. <laughs> yeah, because the book's like, you squint a coat. And I'm just like, that's a little kid. Call him the little kid. <laughs> so, so there you go. Uh, based Stephen King made and made a, a, yeah. a racial slur. Yeah, nice job, unattended, Stephen King. Unintended racial slur. Like, now I can't. Now I can't say uh, when I can only say come. Yeah, great job, Thank Stephen you. King. Wow. Yeah. God damn it, <laughs> this guy. <Anyway. laughs> so I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, you can. No, that is a good point. I didn't even really think about it either. Until, but yeah, like saying it out loud and analyzing it like that definitely makes sense. <laughs> um so yeah the sheriff hates them obviously he even says like i wouldn't mind like a dust up with the boys like you wouldn't mind just like beating their ass like all right (laughs) so (laughs) they they leave (laughs) and then you know bert's just you know messing around he he makes the bird skull say like hey i fucking hate that guy it's like yeah we fucking hate him too and then (laughs) So they go to the, the they go to the mayor's house um, for the party. Stand outside, and then they first meet uh, the mayor's wife, Olive. So Olive Thorin, and he has a sister named Coral. And they actually uh, Roland especially actually likes Olive a lot, and he thinks he could trust her. Like he actually likes her a lot. And she, he, I think he even mentions the first person he likes besides Susan in this city. So. Yeah. Um, like- yeah. Go ahead. Because like when he when he first met, or or, or what's her name? Uh, Olive, the mayor's yeah, wife. Olive, Olive, yeah. So he's like, she's very nice, polite. Uh, she's not treating us like he's not getting the sub the subtext or whatever you get from everyone else about uh, about how they feel about him. So he's like, oh, she's very nice, genuine, but she's a little sad. Like. Like he's like, I could tell there's a hint of sad. Yeah, I yeah. I don't know why. Right, yeah, and he, it's foreshadowing, obviously, of him discovering this yeah. agreement. Cause, <laughs> yeah, because we are, we we know we're very why. aware. We know why she's sad. She's yeah, upset. Very aware why yeah. She's sad. yeah, most people would be, I think. So, well, yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah, because everyone knows. Yeah, everyone knows why. Yeah. So, yeah, you continue. Okay, so they go in the house. Or uh, Roland isn't very impressed by it. Of course, they're from Gilead, which you know is described as like basically like Minas Tirith. At least I think of it like that. It's fucking like this amazing city. Um, yeah, city of elves. City of elves. <laughs> um, so yeah, they go in there. Everybody's you know dressed in varying things, and then um, this is an interesting contrast I'll bring up. So Olive has these earrings that initially Roland thinks are really pretty. You know, or, or I don't know if he says they're pretty, but he notices them. And then Susan comes yeah. out, and she's wearing this beautiful like sapphire pendant that makes the earrings look like shit, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of yeah. course, she's you know she's gorgeous, um, very attractive, which is weird. I, I'm like trying to like. I need to describe it, but I also don't want it. She's like 16. It's just weird, but yeah. Well, anyway. Well, think, think of it this way: it's being described through Rollins. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's and he's like yeah. 15. So yeah, that, that that's the thing. That's that's how we can talk about it, and so it's legal. I'm just imagining. I'm pretending <laughs> she's 23. So um, <laughs> 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 so um, 
uh, this is when, you know, again, Roland starts to show that relent, relent, relentlessness that he has, right? And he's like, oh, yes. I really want her. You know, I love her. Like, she's she's going to be mine. Like, I'm going to do anything I can to get her to, you know, be my girlfriend or whatever. So I'm reading through this here. Uh, Roland notices the mayor kind of looks like a stork or like a crane. Like, he's just very... <laughs> thin and tall um he yeah. they get introduced to the coffin uh to jones the the leader of the coffin hunters who's like you know the my new staff member um who he immediately doesn't like and it's mentioned several times that like he, he's probably like you know a sociopath like he's probably killed a lot of people and doesn't really care so um yeah they meet cordelia who kind of looks like susan um, obviously, because they're related. Yeah. This is like an, basically an uglier. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like, we can tell she's related, but she's definitely not like the mom. <laughs> yes. Um, they meet a rancher who owns the bar. Um, and the mayor has this big long speech. And Roland catches Susan's eye again, you know. Again, just he wants to, to date her. Oh, um, he's getting the feels. He's getting the, the feels. And then uh, Cordelia notices it, right? So she's like, she pulls Susan aside. She's like, why are you looking at this guy? Like, have you talked to him before? Yeah. You know, what are you doing? And Susan's like, no, it's I haven't good. done anything like that. Um, so Cordelia is very on it. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I make a yeah. Yes. No, you're good. She she's basically like, if I noticed, at least one third of of everyone else noticed. So you need to cut that shit. You, and yes. she's like, you wouldn't do anything all too. <laughs> and it's it's very interesting because this whole time Roland's like watching this old crane dude like touch her like on the on the shoulder, like grab her hand, and he's like, oh, is that a letter, like uncle or grandpa or, or something? And then he's like, oh, she's he's getting very close for his for like a a relative and he's like i don't know why i'm getting so jealous he's like <laughs> he's like get a hold of yourself he's like why do i care so much and like it's it's super funny because you know we we've all been there where like you've had a crop on girl or something or you know like you're dating someone and then like you see someone else getting a little too close and you're just like hey what you doing there buddy yeah you know what i mean <laughs> so so it's like this this whole part of yeah, that's Stephen King. That you nailed it. <laughs> I was like, he nailed that feeling. Yes, like so, so good, so hard. So I was like, uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember. I don't like. I don't want to like skip over. Uh, so the next part here, I'm just looking at the notes here. So this is when you know the big reveal happens to Roland, right? So he's at the table with the rancher and with the mayor's sister Coral, who we met earlier. And um, he thinks that the mayor is Susan's, you know, maybe uncle or cousin or something like that, you know, uncle or whatever, like related to her because they're so close to each other. And that's when Coral <laughs> corrects him and is like, no, she is like going to be his mistress and like bear one of his children as part of like this agreement. So what was the term they used? It was like uh, Jello. Yeah, or Jilly. Jilly. Yeah, Jilly. and uh, Jilly. the word means sidewife. 
And it's important to note that, so when the letter from, oh my God, the letter from Will's dad, from Roland's dad, mentioned that he was from a long line of gunslingers, like one of the original gunslingers, but it was also an illegitimate relationship that he was bred from. So like, it was a Jilly situation too, like a sidewife situation. So, um, yeah, Roland finds out about that. He gets really angry. Obviously, he's like fifteen. It's a very like fifteen year old moment, right? He's like, if oh, he's like, if I had a gun, I'd just shoot her. It's like, okay. It's <laughs> 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 like, all right. It's, it was, yeah, it was very, very too early emo too. Yeah, very emo moment. I uh, put on some. Uh, uh, Lincoln Park crawling in my skin. I'm just the kid, and life is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that that happens, and uh, and then they have a dance, and you know, Roland um dances with her. At some at, at eventually, of course. Um, yeah. And uh, he insults her, basically. You know, for yeah. being she's like super excited. Yep. She's like super excited to like it's like oh I get to dance with him ooh and then he's just like hey up here yeah hey you're oh <laughs> and it's like all right yeah, <laughs> yeah she's she got this because not only does she not like the situation she's in but then she's like finally found someone she actually likes exactly and then she's and then she's like great now that he knows what I what I'm doing he now sees me as a whore it's like I don't want to be seen as a whore. Oh, and so she gets offended because the, the guy she like likes doesn't respect her. To her, at this point, doesn't respect her. And everyone wants to be respected, but it's like I don't, I can't blame her whatsoever for this reaction. Really, I mean, he could have played it off better. He didn't have to be a dick, but he's also like fifteen. Yeah, and yeah, he's emotional. So yeah, yeah, but so it's like I got it. Yeah, they're. It's like the other the other part I want to talk about was the speech that they gave uh, mm-hmm. the 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 mayor gave. Mm-hmm. It was very like, oh, I want to listen to your entire travel when you're heading deep, when you're heading down here. I want to know every single thing we all do. You guys are very important to us, and blah blah blah. And you know, it's just a big phony speech where you just know like the gunslingers and just like they rolling in them are just like, yeah, this guy's full of shit. Uh, I, <laughs> I just thought it was a really funny transition into like the punch and in order to like stay sober and what is it uh what was it Alan who like doesn't want to can't like can't drink like can't handle his shit or is it Keith Burt pretty sure it's Alan yeah I, th- I think I think it was Alan right yeah yeah so like they're like getting the punch and uh one of the I think it was the might have been the ranch guy, but it might have not have been. But it doesn't really matter overall. But it was just some guy was like, "Hey, here's a toast to you guys. Let me give you some punch." And then they're like, "Hey, you got any soft punch?" And then everyone looked at them. <laughs> and, and usually it would be weird because you got three young men being offered drinks, and to make it not look sus, that they're just like, "We got in trouble. We for drinking and right." And we're, so we're, we had we made an oath. We're not. We're going to respect that oath. Drink bitch. Yeah, is a perfect perfect excuse for them to not only like stay sober, 
uh, at this event, but it also makes it look, it also helps their cover because it's a believable story. You know, you're, these three young men are from the inner city. It's more uppity, you know? Yeah. Uh, so it's expected. So it, it plays off. It's pretty, pretty good. And then, then, you know, things with the ranch and then the dance. So now we can, we can now continue again from there. I just wanted to touch on those two things. Yeah. And uh, while I'm going through, feel free to, you know, like stop me if you want to touch on anything. But I, I also liked when they were, uh, <laughs> Uh, I think they called it Helling or whatever. They're like, yeah, we were like drinking a lot in Helling or whatever. Oh. <laughs> like a weird... It seems like everyone... Sorry, it's like like everybody knew what they were talking about. And I'm just like, oh, I guess they're just going crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> wild and never heard it described as like Helling, though. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's what I like about these like books and stuff is that in these other worlds their own slang and everything just makes the world feel more real. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Um, oh, and uh, there, I, I think we might've already talked about this, but yeah, like uh, all of it, he, he notices all of his, like he feels bad for the, the wife as well. Roland. Oh yeah. yeah. So I guess we, we didn't talk about this, but uh, basically, so comparing all of the Susan, Olive is she's not obese, but she's she's fat or chubby. No, not chubby. I'm pretty sure they describe her as being fat, and so she has nice, great personality, you know. But it it probably isn't going to turn on the old man, you know, as describes, which is why he's going for the much young younger girl, and and that's why, and that's kind of like. The infer of like why Susan's in this predicament in the, in the first place is because Thorne wants something younger and prettier. Exactly. And it's and it's it's kind of sad because it's like when you're if you're in a relationship, especially a long-term relationship, you hope to be uh, faithful to your partner and stuff. But then it also, I guess, comes down to like attra- attractiveness as well, where it's like. He, they're they're very old and he has a lot of money and power so he's like what am i just gonna bang this potato sack or am i gonna go for the <laughs> yes <laughs> or, or am i gonna go for the peach the plum you know so yeah the strawberry kiwi you know so it's a very uh interesting kind of like psychological war i guess go, going on too. I mean, it's. I, I guess I'm probably looking a little too deep into it. No, no. I mean, that word. I mean, he obviously sucks, but you know, we'll, we'll yeah. kind of get into that more. But yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a sucky situation for everyone except him because he's just kind of being selfish. But, yeah. yeah. I guess. So uh, I keep going to the gym. Be good. <laughs> Stay fit. Not not for people who don't appreciate it. But, you know, stay stay fit. Stay fit. Say, Keep it going. Stay fit. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. That's uh, really really all all I had. It's a little part. Okay. A little really is So they leave. I'm 
just reading through this. Stop me if you want to like talk about anything here. Um, they leave, and then Olive, the wife, you know, pretended she had a headache and left. You know, she thinks about her, you know, sad situation. And, you know, you're made to kind of feel bad for her, obviously. It kind of sucks. Um, And she obviously notices his fixation on, or the the mayor's fixation on on Susan. Susan goes home, goes to bed. Um, She does mention, like, she gave the sapphire back to the mayor, and, like, he, like, basically forced her to kiss him and, like, lit him touch her boobs and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, he... Yeah, go ahead. yeah, he like isolated her in a hallway mm-hmm. and groped her and 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 kissed her and then he like whispered to her and he was like, "I burned for you." Yeah, <laughs> or like, "I burned to be inside you." I'm just like, "Oh, yeah." Yeah, he's just like in, like the the like biggest creep on the planet, just absolutely <laughs> horrible person. <laughs> like, like I don't know, like how how. Like, if you had, like, I, I gotta do this answer. If you were super attractive, let's say, like, you're 15 out of 10 man, and you're, like, you're, like, in the club, right? You're in the club, and you're trying to pick up a chick, and you just go up behind some girl, and you're just, like, I burnt the inside you. <laughs> just, just so just, weird. Like, like but, but would it work? If you're, let's say you're rich as well, if you're a millionaire, so the fuck you want. I don't know. But like, maybe. I, I feel like you could pick uh, any other word besides I'm burnt, like any other sense besides I'm burning to be inside you. It's just so weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 900,000 other ways you could say that without being fucking weird. <laughs> oh, here, oh, here we go. Yeah, just do the romantic. <laughs> I'm not even a romantic. It's just like a weird thing to say i've never like thought yes. in my brain i'm gonna say that <laughs> oh god it's just hilarious but yeah he, he uh, sucks he sucks so you know. yeah um so yeah that's yep all right next thing <laughs> creepy old she, man oh spo- uh, yeah. spoiler she she didn't she didn't enjoy no it. she uh did not like it <laughs> she did um she yeah. Well, who would? Yeah. Well, you know, as much as I love getting groped by a stork and <laughs> being told that <laughs> being burned burn inside, inside me, yeah. I mean, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a poet. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So let's see here. Uh, we get go back to the coffin hunters. Um, and you know, it's mentioned. You know, Jones the leader is like partying it up with the town leaders. He's clearly like embedded himself into the, the town council. Um, and I'm going to go back to like the, the oil stuff. So the other two coffin hunters, like his accomplices kind of talk about how they spent the day at Sitgo and Sitgo is like that oil field that we mentioned. And they camouflaged it like the steel tankers with branches and stuff to hide it. And some of the words on the tankers were like Texaco, Sonico, you know, Sitgo, Exxon, like modern oil terms. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and then we kind of go on to the part where we're talking about Shimi. So Shimi's like a, a new character. He's, he's a uh, mentally challenged and um, he, 
goes to the bar and his job is like to like a busboy at the bar like he cleans up the bar every night and he accidentally spills a drink all over uh, one of the coffin hunters Roy de Pape so yeah. you got like a very western style of situation right it's like a western bar with the bat wing doors which he even described as like the bat wing doors everybody goes silent because you know the big bad you know guy just got you know disrespected so yeah he's like and go ahead yeah go ahead. no i was gonna say they're and like this guy might be might be mentally challenged right but they are not not nice with at all like they yeah i'm just calling retard yeah no they treat him like, like shit yeah. yeah and he's like really nice uh, like he's really nice yeah like really really nice uh so you, you Continue. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I just, I just wanted to make, make it clear. No, that's it's. It helps the the build that this guy also sucks. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> the coffin hunters suck, but yeah, Roy DePape is like, all right, you have to like clean my boots with your tongue. Like, I'm gonna make sure you clean my boots with your tongue. And you know, Shimi, you know, he's mentally challenged. He doesn't understand partly what's going on. He starts crying. You know, he starts to understand he's probably going to die. Um, you know, it's mentioned that in DePape's brain, he's already decided he's going to kill Shimi, even if, after he cleans his boots. He just wants to humiliate him because he just, you know, is an asshole. So. Yeah. He also, like, punches him in the face. Yeah, and punches him. teeth. And yeah. He's, like, blood's coming out of his... I think he just breaks his nose. I can't remember. Oh, wait, okay. So that that part, so Shimi didn't get punched. It was the, the bartender, I'm pretty sure he punched because oh. the bartender was like hey man like he just spilled a drink on you like i'll pay for the rest of your drinks tonight if you just leave him alone and then that's when the pape like pistol whips him oh yeah. shit okay i thought i thought that happened to she meets like, yeah yeah no, no. Shit. but yeah i mean he okay. pistol whips the bartender and yeah breaks some of his teeth and everything the whole nine and uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and then um keith uh Bert happens to be there doesn't have a gun but has a slingshot so he like draws his slingshot back and is like hey like leave him alone you know very like western style moment and the pape is like i'm going to kill you you know if you don't like put the gun put the slingshot down and he actually shoot <laughs> shoots one of the slingshot balls which are like metal balls and it I think it grazes his hand when he's trying to reach his gun and it like fucks his hand up. Yeah. Yeah. Like a couple of his fingers got pretty fucked up. Yeah. So it's a pretty cool scene, honestly. Because I thought, you know, with Stephen King, I'm like, he might just shoot him and like, Shimi's just dead. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) you have the knight in shining armor with Bert, like, you know, just having a slingshot, um, saving him. And then. You have the, like, sequence of everybody, like, trying to, <laughs> like, kill each other. Because, like, the other coffin hunter comes up behind Keith Bird and is like, all right, I'm going to kill you if you don't, like, put your slingshot down. But then Alan comes up behind that guy and is like, I'm going to kill you if you don't, <laughs> if you kill my friend, I'm going to kill you. And then, <laughs> so you, you have, like, the, that conglomerate of of that happening and then um but then the, the third coffin then the third one is there though yeah the final one <laughs> jonas the leader yeah and then it's like okay but then you know uh roland's not there 
at the time. So like yeah. they're kind of hosed at that point, but um I'm pretty sure Roland yeah, he shows up later, right? He comes back to the bar and Yeah, then, he yeah. he's heading yeah, he's heading to the bar and he's like, huh, something feels off and he kind of like sneaks up there. And then what he didn't have a gun on him, did he? No, I don't think he did. I think he had a knife or something. Yeah, I don't think any of them had guns. Yeah, yeah. None of them had guns. Yeah, because they don't want to get caught. Right, they don't want to be reveal their gunslingers in training. Yeah, so Roland like went up, put his flipped the knife to to Jonas's neck and was like, I'll like I'll kill you. It's like you guys let's all settle down now. And so none of the none of the three bad guys, right? The goons, like they don't they don't like this at all. Because you know they're they're the classic like old Western guys, uh, pretty badass, mean guys, and now they've been looked like fools in front of three children to or to them like three. Children. Yeah, I mean fifteen year olds. So yeah, basically kids. Yeah, so they're so they're pissed, and the sheriff comes in and uh, you know calms them all, gets them to calm down and like mm-hmm. put all their shit away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's this whole moment in general was like I, th- I thought was uh this is, this is fun that's just that's just really all it was. it was just fun to read yeah it was a cool like i love the western style moments like this where it's like the standoff i think it's it was cool. yeah like the heat's like stephen king just takes a cliche and he didn't i wouldn't say like made it like did something new with it but it's it's a definitely a, a cliche that it's nice to see like it wasn't done like the cliche wasn't done like boring or it wasn't done to where it's like oh no uh, it's just uh this type of thing again that you see like in a bunch of comedies or whatever yeah it was it was taken seriously and it was it was Honestly, I don't really know how to analyze it. I'm just kind of like, damn, I liked this cliche. Yeah, it was just oh, a fun. Oh, you kill, you kill him, I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it's like, yeah, you know, then I'll kill you. you. Oh, her. well, then I'll kill yeah. you, and then I will yeah. kill you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Cuthbert for it sells it for me because you know you just have the comic relief who's in there, and yeah. you know, you know he's a bass and just doesn't give a fuck, and that's what makes it that's what makes it even better because then you have the conflict of the badass old guys who earned the title that they got through their whole life of being like that definitely and conflicting with the young snot-nosed brat you know and then they just have roland show up at the end and we all love Roland. i mean we're four books in if we didn't like roland then you know we probably wouldn't yeah we're not gonna be reading reading. yeah yeah so it's it's just really nice to see like Roland come in and just be like you you motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> stop stop yeah so I like uh, yeah I mean go ahead I was just gonna say like the sheriff comes in does his thing makes mm-hmm. his speech doesn't can't control anyone's actions but you know they even state that sheriff basically has no because he doesn't the the three goons are outside his jurisdiction and he can't do anything with the young guys because uh they're way politically put on a higher 
pedestal if you can't touch him. So he really can't do anything. No. But but he he says everyone knows it, but he gives his little speech anyway, and they respect him enough to to stop at this point. Right. But it sets up, you know, the the bitter rivalry here. Obviously there's gonna be some kind of showdown at some point. Or they're gonna like try to assassinate each other or whatever, you know. And it also yeah. shows like the ineptitude of like the sheriff. Like he doesn't have any power, like you said. He can't really stop anything from happening. There isn't really any law. So very Western style. Very very Western. I love it. Every every five senses. I love it's, it. It was really. It was just a funny sequence too. It was good. <clears throat> yeah. Oh. I guess I, I did forget to say that when Susan was getting molested by the old man, that was the fourth Stephen King to happen. So <laughs> this is what I'm calling all the all the sexual things. Yeah, it's a common theme. <laughs> that one. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's the fourth fourth Stephen King. All right, we can continue. All right, let me look at these notes here. Okay, so. We jump ahead now, so that that event happens. You know, they they don't kill each other, but I know I'm pretty sure Jonas and Reynolds like mentioned like we're gonna kill them. You know, at some point, like we're gonna find a way to kill them. But um, uh, they we jump ahead three weeks past those events. So Susan's just riding around. Um, she's just wearing like normal clothes, like jeans. She comes back home, Aunt Cordelia is making a meal, and they kind of have a fight because Aunt Cordelia is like, hey, you know, you should wear these new riding blouses, you know, quote unquote, that the mayor sent her, but it's really just like a fucking, you know, <laughs> it's really low cut, it's really tight, it's just for like yeah. the mayor to fucking, you know, look at her in revealing clothing. So... um so yeah they have a big fight um and part of the reason that they have such a big fight is susan is uh, you know fully understanding that part of the reason aunt cordelia is so insistent on this deal going through is to get the money so you know we know we know aunt cordelia sucks susan leaves um, and she's thinking about Roland, you know, she's still kind of mad at him for that stuff, but she also talks about how a week, a couple weeks b- before Shimi, the mentally challenged kid comes with some flowers to Susan and then the flowers are obviously from Roland and they say, you know, Hey, I'm sorry. I spoke out of turn. That wasn't, you know, you didn't deserve that type of thing. Um, yeah. And she's riding around on the horse, and she, it's like one of those calm moments, you know, like he, they talk about call all the time in this series. And she's like, oh, it'd be perfect if he just like came over the horizon on his own horse. And then she like, yeah. she like looks over, he's not there. She looks away, he, she looks back, he's there, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Steve, Stephen King's really playing a lot with like fate and karma. Yes. Uh, in in this series and i do have some theories of why that is but it's it's just because i got like a thing spoiled for me not like anything well i'll just explain it when we get there so i'm not gonna 
talk about it, obviously, until we get to that moment. Yeah. Yep. Which will be in like probably the last book. <laughs> Damn. So, time, time stamp. Yeah. yeah. Time stamp. It. Uh, I won't forget. Yeah. <laughs> um let's see here so yeah roland apologizes again susan starts to cry she says you know that wasn't very you shouldn't have said that um you didn't understand the whole situation um yeah pretty pretty basic pretty basic yeah i mean cliche yeah and then uh he you know let's see i'm just reading through this yeah He's, he talks about how everybody's been friendly. He wonders if the mayor has said anything unusual to her in private, and she doesn't talk about it. Um, and then that's when he starts. So this is like the bigger plot, right? Like he starts to point out like something's weird here, you know, and like why are there so many horses here? And and at first. Okay, yeah, so she, and at first she's like, oh, okay, you know, I don't think there's that many horses or whatever, and then he's like, no, nah, there's way too many horses, and she's like, okay, I, you know, I agree with you, there's probably way too many horses, and then they kind of go through, like, a mathematical thing where they're like, okay, like, how many, like, lame horses are there within a stock, like, how many horses do you think are in this area, um, well, does he... Doesn't he mention uh, about like there being like bison or, or oxen or something like that? And then she's yeah, like, I think oh, so. we don't got any of those. Yeah, I think so. He mentions like other animals besides horses, I think. And she doesn't think they have them there, but he's seen them. Um, he's like, yeah, go ahead. He's like, him and his companions are trying to look at all these counts and stuff without being suspicious right. and they can also tell that they're being watched but right they're making sure that they don't know that they know that they're being watched so it's getting a little because they're like we can't push our luck too far or else they'll do something about it because they they won't damn the consequences right uh so like so Roland like came to her to ask for help right yeah he, he came to her to ask about these horses because you know it's weird and she starts to agree with him and then he he takes it a step further and like he thinks there's like a whole you know conspiracy going on where like you know her dad supposedly died out when he was riding with his friend and Roland's like it may not have happened like that like they may have killed him because maybe he discovered what was going on and, you know, she kind of doesn't really believe it. Um, but I know later on she kind of starts to agree. But um, he kind of mentions that. And they have, like, a heart-to-heart moment where he, like, talks about his mom. Um, Roland talks about his mom and stuff. Yeah. And that's why she, like, she forgave him kind of quickly, too. Because not only does she like him, but then she's just like, oh, I can see why you flipped out like that. Because of the mommy situation. Yeah. Definitely. So, definitely. Um, then I'm pretty sure they make out, right? They make out uh, <laughs> <laughs> for a yeah, while. Um, good. She's like, she's like, no. He's like, oh, you're right. But yeah, and she's like, yeah. <laughs> no. 
It's <laughs> and uh, in that moment, they have an opportunity where they could have had sex, and uh, Roland's like, "No, nah, I'm not going to do that because I don't, so, I don't want to do, I don't want to be like my, what my mom and the Martin are." So yeah, he doesn't want to do it. He, yeah, is this the? No, it wasn't. Okay, never mind. Oh, I didn't. I didn't want to say something yet. Why don't we? Oh no, you're good. We get to the part. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, some uh, some of this middle section you'll probably have to pull me through a little bit because like I really remember like the beginning and a lot of the, the end. Yeah, I'm the same. But, but a lot of this, yeah, but a lot of this middle section is kind of like segueing into where like, yes, it just it just gives more. It slowly gets to the ending, right? Like build up, but it also shows more of. Uh, them actually falling in love, getting to know each other more, talking. Yes, you know. Yep, exactly. So that's that's the gist of what a lot of this. Yeah, is. and, and I'll kind of try to to skim past as much as I can here, because yeah, like you said, a lot of it's kind of just like more exposition. Um, but yeah, yeah, and like the people, hopefully, people are reading the book before listening to it. Yeah, so exactly. Like, they <laughs> they know what's up. Um, I do want to mention, so Roland goes back to like his friends and one of, I believe it's Alan finds, you know, one of the hairs on his shoulder. That's one of Susan's hairs. And, uh, I think Bert looks at him and like pretends to cock a gun and like shoot himself in the head. Cause he's basically saying like <laughs> Ro- Roland's going to screw himself and probably screw them. But you know, <laughs> yeah, Roland's Roland's staring off in the space and they're both. Yeah. Like, he's just like daydreaming <laughs> and it's like classic, like 15 year old, you know, like, yeah, it's so super cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is, I guess now that's probably the worst time to bring this up, but I, Completely forgot until just now about the thinny that was mentioned at the very beginning yes. of this section. Yes. Susan mentioned it, explained it to him. And then I think at this meeting too, when they're counting the, sh- the shit, uh, she was going to, she told him about the thinny more because that's what him and his companions were going to head towards it and see what it is. Exactly. So yes. Was that this part? I think I believe so. Yeah, because they talk about it at some point, and then yeah, they they hear the noise, and like the noise is described as like something you can never get used to. It's just like endlessly annoying. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. and like weird. But um, so yeah, so, yeah. Go ahead. Should have brought that up a long time ago, but no, no, you're good. I forgot about it as well. Um, briefly going to talk about, so to pay one of the, um, coffin hunters is, you know, he's backtracking the, the, the young gunslingers. He's learning about like where they're from, who their parents are. He's like going back and like finding out all this shit. Um, Oh yeah. He's yeah. Sorry for the yawn. No, you're good. It's just, uh, it's nine o'clock. So, yeah, so like he backtracks. Now, uh, who the fuck these guys like actually are? Because he's like, he's like at the saloon. They were like gunslinging, or they're act, you know. But on the face value, they're these three riffraps. So he gets this to the other saloon, and there's this drunk guy telling a story about about them. It's like, I've got these three lords, these three guns, and whatnot, or, or and uh, 
you know, goon guys. What's his, what's this one name? Who went back? I can't remember. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter really. Just one of the three goons mm-hmm. goes back and oh, the pape, like, yeah, the pape, the pape, yeah. So he's just like telling this old guy, like, I want to. I'm interested in that story. And he's like, Oh, you want to know the story? You got to pay me. And then he like smacks him or something. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, you just. Oh, he like grabs his shoulders and he lifts him up. He goes like, like you, you, you tell me a story, bitch, or I'll, or I'll beat your ass, and then he's, and I'll play after. He's like, okay. Uh, so he tells him the story about him being. He's seen that young man's father before, and he was a gunslinger, and he knows he's also a gunslinger. Roland does so. Uh, you know, so he just finds out Roland's a gunslinger. Um, all their suspicions and an old man's just like what are you gonna pay me in gold silver copper and then he's just gonna lead. i'll pay you in lead and blow the fucking brain kills like, his ass <laughs> like jesus yeah i was like that was that was pretty bad i knew he was gonna like, say lead too as soon yeah, as like he was saying yeah. every kind of metal i'm like this dude's dead <laughs> yeah i knew as soon as as soon as he was like, so you're going to pay me in this? Then I was like, yep, he's <laughs> fucking dead. It's <laughs> funny. You're going to pay me in lead. <laughs> so I was like, I can't wait. If 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 they do the show, like, they're going to do, you know, the five seasons of The Dark Tower eventually. That's what I heard. And I really hope they get this scene right. Yes. And it just, it's just like a random scene, you know, in like the fourth book of the Dark Tower series, but you know what? I want to see it done right. Yeah, no. It was, it, it was cracking me up. It's pretty funny. It it's pretty, pretty damn funny. Another, like, pretty damn funny. really good Western scene. Mm-hmm. So, you, you can take over what happened next. Alright, let's segue. I'm just gonna try to skim here. So yeah, the boys, um, they do, yeah, we talked about the thinny, so they go back towards the ranch away from the thinny. Um, looking, trying to figure out. And yeah, they kind of just talk again about like, all right, there's something weird going on. You know, why are there oxen here? When Susan said there's just, should be just horses. And then... Like the horse counts is off mm-hmm. too. And then, you know, Roland thinks himself he's probably got to meet with Susan again. Yeah, even after they promised. Yeah, they again. keep promising every time to not yeah. meet, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Roland's just like, ooh, I get to see her again? Oh, no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, and then she's always hoping that he affects her again, too. And then she's like, mm-hmm. yeah. So... So contacts her again, and the the way he's been contacting her has been some giving Shimi flowers and letter to give to her, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then and then uh, when it happens, uh, Susan's aunt, what what's her name? Again? Uh, Cordelia. Yeah, Cordelia. It's like, who's giving you flowers? But, you know, the the basic gist of, hey, uh, you're doing this thing with, with the mayor. We can't have you 
uh, we can't have you doing things with other guys or stuff like that. We can't have people thinking different or, or, or be doing anything. Is is like the whole gist of that conversation. Uh, so she she realizes this and she tells him uh, Shimi to tell Roland, or at this point she doesn't know, it's still William to him, that they can't meet anymore. And then when this gets back to Roland, he's devastated. He's super sad. And his his friends this was this was interesting because like Youth Bert was like, you know, the comic relief character is just like, I don't know what to say. He's like, I know I shouldn't say what I would want to say to cheer him up because it's not what he needs right now. But I'm not like experienced with this. I'm just like comic relief guys. Like I want to help them, but I don't know how, so I'm just not gonna talk. And that's better than me saying something. And then Alan comes in for the for the for the W, saves the day. What a bro. What a real one. <laughs> what a real one. And he, he saves it and the Youthbert's like, oh thank God. Because, uh, like I don't know what to say to help him, but Alan did. So Alan, you know, says something to him, he's like, Hey, the gist of it being like, Hey, I'm sorry, this happened to you, but we still have a mission. Yeah. So we're here for you, but can't get distracted. And Roland's like, You write bitches. And they're all just like, Yeah, bitches. (laughs) 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 That was very funny. But then, uh, before I before I continue, is there anything you want to add? add, add did I miss something? No, no. So, yeah, yeah. So then, like, what happens next is uh, Susan's like, "Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I want to see him." <laughs> so you're just like, oh, "God damn it!" So then she just goes, she goes to the store, right, and she like sees one of his friends, uh, Arthur, this you know, Cuthbert. And she's like, oh, you seem to have uh, lost your purse or whatever. And he's like, oh, I don't have a purse. And she's just like, gives him like an evil eye. And he's like, oh, I'm a dumbass because he's like, she's so hot. And it caught him by surprise that he's like, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that part was really funny. Yeah, it was. So, you know, he take, takes the purse back to Roland. There's a note in it. says, yeah, I'll meet you. <laughs> Blah blah blah, yeah. So sorry, I'm not going into super detail about oh. these parts, but th- these are just like the funny segues, yeah. Through and and you know, if you want greater detail about the little stuff, just read read the book. Yeah, I mean, I think most people who come to this have would have read the book. Yeah, yeah. So you want to? You can take you can take it again. Yeah. So. Let's see here. Susan fights more with her aunt. And uh, Roland tries to get Susan to go to Sitgo, the oil field. And initially she's like, nah. And then <laughs> she eventually does go there. I'm trying to remember exactly kind of what goes up here. So, of course, he's happy to see her. And... Um, At this point, I think we get reintroduced to Rio, where she's like watching them through the glass, like a fucking <laughs> stereotypical witch. Oh. Like, ooh, I see you. Yeah. <laughs> um, through my crystal arm. Yeah. Um. He he tells her his real name. Yeah, she's like, "What's your real name, Will? Who are you?" 
really? Who are you really? I am Roland. Oh, you're late. Well, actually, he's 15, so he'd be like, hey, Roland, I'm, I'm a Roland. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a micro a penis. I'm <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure he's gone. Yeah, he's got a hog. Maybe. He's got a hog. It's, is it bigger, bigger than a weasel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it? Like, uh, uh, references chapter 46 of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, anyway. Um, so yeah, so that they like so do they, don't they make out again? Yeah, they like making out, and this is another opportunity for them to have sex, but they don't because Roland doesn't want to. Um, again. Oh shit, we we forgot about we forgot about a part a little bit ago where she was just like, this was this was before she said, uh, I don't want to meet up again, but she was just like, take take me like, like yeah, if you love me, take uh. Take me and take me away from this oath or whatever. And Roland's just like thinking of his mom and shit. And he's just like, I can't. He's like, he's like, your your honor means too much. She's like, she's like, does your honor mean so much to you that you won't save me from this oath or whatever? And Roland's just like too distraught to really say anything. True, but yeah. So do you, do you have any anything on that? Okay. Yeah, I mean, he kind of softens up, obviously, as time goes on with that. I mean, I think it's, I don't know, man. It's a tough situation, but uh, obviously yeah. that guy sucks. So, I mean, we're obviously yeah. rooting for Roland to, like, get her out of that situation. Um, I also, like, yeah. I this is going back as well. I forgot to mention this part as well. But when he told her he loved her, he just said it, like, matter-of-factly. He's just like, I love you. And like the, <laughs> and he's like, I don't expect you, I don't expect you to say it back, but that's that's just what it is. And she like, mm-hmm. she like, uh, perceives it that way too. She's like, oh, he just is just saying it, you know, like, and he that's just what he means. And he's like, you know, I'll do anything for you except let you be with another man. So then, you know, yeah, she's. So this is where the real conflict, their love story, comes in. Because it's like, Roland won't take her if she has sex with the guy, but he won't have sex with her because if he does, it'll break her oath and will break her honor, which she doesn't want to do. Because, you know, I mean, in, in modern day, no one gives a fuck. Yeah, nobody cares about which, that. Which, yeah. Just kind, of, kind of a shame to a point, I think, but... But back back then, you know, they really care. So it's like Roland's like, I can't do that to you because it's like, yeah, I'd be saving you from that, but it'd be just as bad because that's just kind of they see it, they see it, you know. Yeah. So it's really put in a, in a tight spot. Yeah. But yeah. but but you're still rooting for Bane already. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but but also. It's that's also what comes to cough and yep. karma. It's like, yeah, I could break you from this oath for my own selfish gains to save you from your from the oath you got coerced into. But is Cog gonna be so forgiving? Right, exactly. So it's it's a lose lose situation, so you might as well bang <laughs> Well he does. So, spoiler alert. It does spoiler. <laughs> But uh, at this point, yeah, it, it, it's a little bit of like, oh, I'm not going to do it. Oh, I'm still not going to do it. Nah, fuck it. 
I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, you you knew you knew he was. Good yeah, for it's there's a lot. He the, you know the first. Time. He's trying to build it up, Stephen King. You know, he's trying to build up the moment, but uh, yeah. Honestly, I think it would have been a twist, like a real twist, if he didn't end up. Banging yeah, honestly, him. I thought for a bit there maybe he wouldn't, because like two yeah. times he's like nah, and then I'm like he's probably just not going to, and then she's just gonna die, and then like. <laughs> something something tragic i don't know but um yeah. so yeah go ahead it seems like this whole like main story like everything is building up to be like a three-month thing and right now they're only was it like three of we uh, like a month and a half ago. yeah they're not uh yeah it's farther in but it's getting yeah, closer so, yeah so current so like current time through the story at this point it's been like a month and a half ish mm-hmm. All right. All right. And then just going back to the Sitco thing. So, again, you know, they meet again at Sitco. They make out. They almost have sex, but don't. Um, and then, mm-hmm. gotcha. You thought they are going to. They didn't. Uh, yeah, they didn't. <laughs> right when you thought they were. Right when you think they're going to. Yeah, they. Like, you th- roll, Roland's, Roland's grabbing her boobs. Yep. Yep. They're, look, they're looking at old like, pipes, not just old pipes, but <laughs> Roland's pipe. Um, yeah, so. she she can she feels she feels Roland's piston. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not as big as a weasel, not bigger than a weasel. It's <laughs> but uh, um, but you like that happy crap? Sorry, okay, it's, I'm done done with the references. Uh, anyway, but yeah, so Roland's like grabbing her tits. She's like, oh, I can feel you. <laughs> gets uh gets like, in the no. weeds a little bit yeah it's so useful yeah and so so they have to stop for a little bit he's like no i can't <laughs> <laughs> so they so they like stop and they like they continue investigating the oil rig yep. area yep. and they're like seeing animal footprints that have been covered up by dragging like something large across them but they're still there they're just flattened yeah and they notice uh, that uh there's oil there right like roland yeah. puts his hand in and mm-hmm. uh in one of the old pipes and there's oil when susan yeah, she, said there was yeah yeah she's like what the hell is this and he's like oil what's oil you dumb broad <laughs> i was like say it but like yeah so they find oil and they then they find the oxen or they find the they find the tracks. They find the tracks. Um, yeah, and Susan feels Rhea watching her and uh, and Roland, yeah. and she's like, "Get out, ye old bitch!" And then she yeah, it, it uh, stops her from like from watching them. But so didn't I thought the witch watched them bang a little bit. She does when they actually. They she does when they actually do it later on, but not at this point. Oh, later yeah. on. not the initial. Um. So it's. Yep. Go ahead. No, I was like, what? So, what's the what's the next thing? I just don't want to skip ahead. Not on my memory. Oh no, you're good. So yeah, they're like, okay, why is there all this oil? Why is there all this oxen? Why are all these horses? And Susan is wondering that, and Roland's like, it's for the Farson guy. Um. I bet they're like they're making weapons and like oil for the the Farson guy in the war, and that's why like they're getting more money from it and stuff. 
Yeah. They like they talk about like a machine gun. It's like if you have mm-hmm. a machine gun on railroad tracks and like you could go through this land and you could just use this machine gun to take down hundreds of men on cavalry, basically right. men on horses. Yep. And you could win the war easily in a, like a couple hours. It rem- kill everybody instant. It reminds me of uh World War One. I. I remember reading a little bit about it. I think it was the French uh, soldiers like there was a huge technological gap in world war one in the beginning yeah. where like the germans were using like guns and some you know and uh tanks. and tanks and they had machine guns they're like you know very early versions but like the french <laughs> when they went out to meet them they were still using like like armored cavalry sometimes and they're just sending <laughs> yeah. sending those dudes at these you know, machine gun encampments and just getting annihilated. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Of course, you know, they eventually but, caught up later, but like, um, yeah, it's just one of those situations where it's like, you're going to bring a knife to a gunfight. You're going to get fucking smoked. So, you know, that's why, that's why it's the first modern, the first modern war. Yeah. You know, cause you know, you're sending some countries and, uh, people on horses and then it's like a horse guy versus a guy in a fucking tank and it's like oh what do you think's gonna win (laughs) (laughs) for real it's um Um, i wouldn't want to be the french yeah well well they had cool yeah they cool armor i guess but you know doesn't really help (laughs) (laughs) too many white flags for me (laughs) (laughs) hilarious um (laughs) Yeah, any, anything right, else uh, there? So, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, so uh, basically, they they so now they're like they're like oh so maybe they did kill my father and Mullen's like if they killed your father and your father then you owe them nothing and then she's you know he's like then your oath is kind of bullshit right so uh, she's like you like if you love me just take me it's the last time and then, right this is where it happens or am I missing something yeah. No, I think you got. It. Yeah, cool. So then, it's described. Stephen King describes a fifteen-year-old fucking a sixteen-year-old, and uh, it's quite erotic, I guess you could say. I guess we should mention too, like <laughs> the like the old uh, the mayor being a weirdo Which, again. <clears throat> oh. But because um, I think that happens before that. Oh, which part? The part where she's like down getting a dress or whatever and she puts it on and then the mayor oh, like shit. comes down and like but yeah. I mean yeah. doesn't doesn't that, like that not happen after? And it happened she mentions it before that happens when they like have sex. Oh because she's talking to her aunt. Yeah. So Yeah, so basically yeah, yeah. Do you want to take that? Or do you want me to just go? Uh, I, don't, I don't care either way. I mean, it's like I mean, she he doesn't like literally rape her, but like penetratively, he I try, guess. But like, yeah. I mean, but he basically does. I mean, it's like it's all like, it's, he doesn't. It's all the like elements of rape without the actual penetration. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's so molestation. Yeah. I mean, it's like. It's just foreshadowing what her life is gonna be with this arrangement, Basically. you know. So yeah, so I mean, this is one of those parts that's like, well, one of the I think this is the fifth Stephen King. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna put five. 
Okay. So, like, could you even imagine being like a young girl, right? And then you know, putting on these clothes, you don't even want to be there. And then you just have this, like, a 65 year old dude who smells like shit just <clears throat> start fondling you and dry humping you and then comes in his pants. And you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah, no. It's my life. Like, horrible. Like, it's like a nightmare. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, Stephen King describes like the old dude yes. just being like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you read the book, it's, you got uh, to experience that. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, we get the audio book, so we get to yeah hear the narrator fucking <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> he does a he does a great job. He does. It really, it's really a immersive. He's a, he's a good uh, narrator. <laughs> I definitely recommend checking these books out. But it's uh, it really drove the nail home of like her aunt being just the worst when uh, Susan reveals that like really traumatic story, and then her aunt's just like life's hard. It's like, bro. Yeah, she just My has God. a ass stare. Yeah, yeah, she's she just like not like nothing, no emotion. Yeah. She's just like get over it. Like I've been dry home before too. That's not that big a deal. And, and then Susan's like, yeah, but uh, like the story that aunt told him, like, yeah, but you were younger is around your age. I'm 16. This guy's like 60, 50 years older than me. You know, she's like, you don't know how it feels. Yeah, no, for sure. Her, her, uh, her aunt sucks. So. Yeah. She's in it for the money and the land, obviously. They... They did say that, like, oh, this is like, so if her father was around, he could make the relationship better. But even there's a point where the aunt is like, uh, thank God he died to get out of my way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, shit. And then. So this was before, this was, this was right before Susan went out and met. Yes. And then they went to the, yeah, they went to the oil place. Okay. Well, yeah, okay, well, this was after the oil place and then they go to the they you know susan leaves because she's pissed at her aunt she's just riding around uh bareback on a horse like doesn't even have a saddle oh so she yeah yeah, and then she ends up in a in a grove and then you know of course roland shows up and uh yeah yeah they have sex that's where they then they have sex okay so i got a little bit out of order i know you're good it's kind of confusing, man, because so, they meet so many times, and like the first three times they don't do anything, and then they, yeah, I don't know. yeah. I, I caught I caught up on Wednesday, and it's Friday now, so that's you're lucky I remember this much. <laughs> no, I mean it's kind of it's it's kind of confusing, man. I, so, but uh, was, I I couldn't put it down. It was really good. Yeah, no, I mean this this part was was awesome in my opinion. But yeah, so I mean they they finally consummate their relationship, right? And it's fairly yeah, fairly graphic. Like, but um, I mean, if you read it, yeah, you know, Roland's like whatever. Yeah, Roland's just like whatever. Ka brings bring it right. And so they in throughout this they have like even at the oil rig, Roland said, "I feel like we're being watched," but I. You know, don't know where it is now. It's feeling now it's gone. So okay, mm-hmm. and then even like at this part, Roland's like, I feel someone watching. Right. But oh well. Right. And it's it's the witch. Yep. Watching them banging. So now, 
So now this is the let's look at five. So that'd be six. This would be like a seven Stephen King thing, but it's going to be eight, <laughs> eight Stephen Kings because uh, the witch I think it would also masturbate. Mm-hmm. If I remember, yeah, I think so. I, remember. I believe so. Um, but yeah, so the the thing that she was hypnotized gets triggered, and she tries to cut off her hair with like a river stone, and uh, Roland stops her, but she does cut off like a little bit of her hair before he can stop. So should, yeah, so you're talking about the next day when Roland wakes up, she's eating the thing, after, and he's like, doesn't have time to put his clothes on. He feels he like hears his uh, teachers. A voice in his head and like no boy there's no time and so he goes to look for her and make it and she's like head dipped into this into the river pond or whatever hair's getting wet and she's about like cutting her hair and rolling goes down he's scared doesn't know how to stop her and so i think he like what smacks her or something yeah and, yeah and she's yeah and she's just like, ow, that hurt. Why would you do that? I thought you loved me, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, dude, I was scared of shit. I didn't know what to do. Like, you were going you to kill yourself. You were going to crawl blood. Right, exactly. Yeah. And uh, she can't. And then he, he's able to deduce it's Rhea um, who, who caused that. And then, you know, yeah. like, Susan tries to remember, like, when she got know hypnotized and she can't really remember um they have sex again of course yeah they have sex a couple more a couple more times <laughs> like, um how old are you how old are you really because like oh sometimes yeah you're like a, he's like a bright he's like a a bright happy boy but then other times he's like stone like land the gunslinger from real time yep exactly <laughs> Oh, so what? Uh, what happened then? Was was it then the interlude? Yeah, that's pretty much or, it. I mean, I, I, there's a part where Cordelia like talks to Jonas, one of the coffin hunters, and like they Cordelia is attracted to Jonas or whatever, and but that's pretty oh, much yeah. it. Yeah, and that's like it. Um, but. If you really want to talk, like if you, if you all really care about Cordelia and <laughs> Jonas's romance arc, then. Sorry to break it to you. It's it's interesting when I'm reading the audiobook, but I'm not digging too deep. Into nah, it. <laughs> I think that's uh, just nah. um, just showing that like all the sucky people are homies, basically. So. Yeah. Um, so and then so then that's the interlude. This part, my because like at some point, like I would have been down to keep going. Uh, but it's really nice having it's kind of like watching a play yeah. or something because yeah. then you have then you have like the middle break, break to kind of divvy it up and give you some breathing room in order to slow down and think about everything red and so when it goes back to Kansas uh, Roland's talking to back to Eddie uh, Susanna and Jake and Jake's like eating burrito last bre- uh, gunslinger burrito yeah and he's, he's like he's like he may not even be hungry he's just eating it just to eat because of this listening to Roland's story mm-hmm. eddie makes a joke where he's just like oh you've been talking forever and like they're talking about like how time's felt like it's barely passed 
And Roland's just like, yeah, time goes different here, as you can see. It's the sun is still up. Uh, it's not even like really going down because uh, time time's changing as we talk. He's like, do you want me to quit talking, Eddie? Or do you want a break? And then he, Eddie in his head is like, oh, no. And then Suzanne's like, no, Roland, please don't stop. And then Jake's like, no, I don't want to stop. And then Eddie's like, well, you should continue, Roland. And we stop. So and Roland's like kind of happy that they're willing to listen to his story. And then it just, it's really heartwarming because it's like Roland, this is Roland coming out with some personal shit. And uh, he's come a long way since he, you know, stuck a stuck a pistol up a pregnant woman's vagina yeah. and said, yeah. I'm going to blow your demon baby <laughs> up and kill you. He did do and that. He's come a really long, long, long way. He, he <laughs> so, did do that. Since dropping a kid, a kid down a mine <laughs> to pursue the dark man. He, he's come a long way since he slaughtered an, an entire village <laughs> <laughs> by himself. <laughs> first book was wild man that first book was Damn. wild he's come a long way from yeah. fucking succubuses yep. that are attached their spirits to rocks <laughs> this is these are all from the first book yep. if you remember. so anyway i like it it's character development now he can come out with his feelings you know he can say things and be happy instead of so using violence to solve all his problems. Right. <laughs> so, uh, what are your final final thoughts before I want to wrap up what I want to say? Yeah. No, I, uh, I really like this section. I know we talked about it. I thought it was really cool. Get some more backstory. And uh, yeah, I couldn't put it down either. I was, I was listening to it like all the time. It was awesome. Um, but as far as like, my final thought, I guess, like, for my prediction, I mean, I, I feel like it's kind of cliche, but I imagine something, she's probably going to die. Like, she's going to die or something tragic is going to happen to her. And then, like, the whole reason he's trying to get to this dark tower is to get the world to not move on or whatever, to fix the world. And he's hoping that, like, Susan can come back. Something like that. Because, I mean, I mean, it's it's like... Because there needs to be some kind of, to me, there needs to be some kind of motivation where, like, he he really wants to get to the Dark Tower. And we understand, like, he wants to, like, help the world from not moving on or at least, like, try to slow it down or something by getting to the Dark Tower. And I'm sure he cares about his friends and stuff dying from that. But this being, like, such a powerful, like, love interest or whatever being set up as, like, their, like, soulmates, it's, like... I feel like something bad's gonna happen to her, and then like that's gonna be the motivation of, of going to the tower. But I don't know. Yeah. So that's a very pretty good prediction. It's kind of similar to mine in a way, because uh, so what I think is gonna happen is I think Su Susan pro probably gonna die, like like you said, right. and. So th this is basically the whole story of like we we assume that uh, Roland's friends died because of his pursue his relentless rent relentless pursuit of the Dark Tower, but he was already thinking about doing that before he met Suzanne. So I'm not I'm not saying Suzanne doesn't lead him into furthering that goal. Uh, what I'm saying is that I think 
Suzanne, something to do with her is going to make Roland want to pursue it even more. Like, like you said, uh, what I think is going to happen to her, knowing Stephen King and seeing Roland as now, seeing his reactions to the sound of Finney when they got off Blaine, and like all that, she's she's going to die. Uh, I don't she'll. I don't know if she'll die in this book or in this section. I think what'll happen is like she'll live, but so much fucked up shit will happen. Or maybe the witch takes over her body and kills her. Or maybe the witch takes over her body and leaves or something. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure the witch is going to do something because, like, obviously her, like, what she was trying to do with getting her to cut her hair off didn't work. So she's obviously not going to like that. So something. Yeah. So, so I definitely think Susanna. Susan, I mean, is gonna is gonna die, like you said. Uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't know if it'll lead into Roland pursuing the Dark Tower relentlessly. I mean, it is a pretty good prediction that it will. I just don't. I don't think it. I don't think it will. But it might. I mean, they haven't mentioned the Dark Tower really at all. In the, like at this age, she's not aware of it. It seems like, but maybe later on when he discovers it. But I don't know. Because like they've only, they've mentioned it a little bit with his father, but it's not to the point. Because his father's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you on a quest, and like gonna be sent to look for the Dark Tower or something like that. But then, then that's when his father said, like, no, you're going, you're going east type of thing. So it's like, but right now, Roland's not obsessed with it. No. But, but, uh, yeah, now I'm actually, now I think your prediction's probably the right one. I don't know. <laughs> Something's going to happen to her, and he's going to be heading there. The thing for sure, for that. you know, I mean, like, he's, I mean, something's going to happen to her. It can't. It can't end like this. Yeah, I think we both agree that something is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think his friends are going to die. I think it's no. just going to be her. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna just take a wild, wild guess. I don't. I think he's not going to die. But I think she, I think her aunt is going to kill her. That's my prediction. I'm okay. gonna say the aunt. I could see it because I think it's I think it's a little too cliche or obvious for either like the witch, the Thorin, or or the goons to do it. I feel like uh, Stephen King might take a, another a twist, basically like a M Night Shyamalan twist, and <laughs> and have the aunt be like, "Oh, you guys ruined everything. Now we'll never get the land," and then right. she just like freak out and accidentally kill her or something yeah yeah because they've been building up their their whole thing too and it hasn't gone to that point but it could yeah especially now that she's hanging out with jones yeah they're all friends so um yeah this uh oh do you think roland got her pregnant uh, I I think so, honestly. Yeah, knowing knowing Stephen King, he's gonna make it as sad as possible. I bet she's pregnant. She's gonna die with his kid. Yeah, yeah. 
after reading in tall grass you know, <laughs> <laughs> yes he <laughs> likes to kill off pregnant women so uh <laughs> well she's not he likes to kill off the, the child yeah well uh <laughs> susan's I, I could see her being pregnant but obviously uh susanna the wheelchair bound girl in the present time oh, she, yeah, she's, she's pregnant too yeah, she's also pretty. I almost forgot about that. I know. I, I'm wondering when that will become. Obviously, it's going to become more of the forefront later on. But yeah. Well, I think she's either going to tell them in this book or the next because she already told Roland. Right, like in this book, was it? Uh, yeah, I think. She, or did she? T- or did she tell him? Yeah, no, no, no. She she told Roland, told but him. not Eddie. I think. Yeah. So they're. Yeah, she said. I think she's going to tell it after Roland tells his story, then she was going to let everyone. Yeah. So we might get at the end of this book, or they might save it for Yeah, yeah we'll see. <sighs> that was a long part. Yeah, no, was, that was uh, way longer than the first part. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was good. Yeah, it was I, good. I thoroughly enjoyed And one last thing is that uh, the, the two people look at work originally told me that they're like the first time they read this book they thought it was a little bit of a slog to get through uh the middle portions and you know when i when i think about like reading with the hard i can kind of see that because with the audiobook i can just put it at 1.25 right and then listen listen to it and get through all the slower parts quicker and and you know, and you're just listening to it while doing other things. So, but if you're like physically just sitting there reading a book and you're not much of a reader, or or uh, a lot of these, a lot of Stephen King's parts of character development take quite a bit. So I could kind of see how this could be a slog. Some people, uh, I really enjoyed it, but like I said, we can we can speed it up and still get everything on the audiobook side. So. Definitely. And I think part of it also is this book is significantly longer than the first three. The first three were much shorter. So if you're reading it like in real time and you're actually sitting down to read it, I'm sure you feel the length a lot more. You're like, oh, this one's way longer. You know? So. Yeah. It's it's fine for us because we finished eight books of Wheel of yeah. Time. So, so this is this like is nothing. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like half a Wheel of Time book. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. The part three is called "Come Reap," and "Come" as in C O M E. So, "Come Reap." The mm. same. I mean, with Stephen King, you never know. So, yeah, you never know. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you. You can do. You can do an outro if you want, or if you have anything else. Otherwise, I'm 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 good. I'm good. No, I don't have anything else. I um, if y'all stick with us to walk to listen to this podcast, we appreciate it. Uh, feel free to give us like a like or a comment on YouTube. That would really help the channel. We're always open to feedback as well. So let us know what you'd like to see different. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify or any other podcast website, it's always nice for a review that helps to grow the channel as well. So. Appreciate you all listening, and we'll read part three for next week. Mm-hmm. Well, now we'll later, Red. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>